Yeah, we have a spreadsheet where we keep track of the books we've read so we can remember what we liked. (laughs) And I checked it at the end of the week and Kristen had added like six or seven rows just from this week. Yeah. And I'm very confused. Like I said, I had a slow week at work. And also I read a lot of the books we're going to discuss for this episode a while ago and I just wanted to, I needed to reread them. And they were all really good. So I read them like again cover to cover instead of skimming that's fair i think there is a wealth of reading material for the topic we're talking about today. yes which is rockstar romances yes musicians if i was a musician i'd do like a little drum symbol yeah sound right neither now neither of us have any musical talent. musical abilities which no. is why we're just talking at you you do now. play piano that is an overstatement i (laughs) you have a piano in your house i own an electric keyboard i took one semester of piano lessons in college because that's something my university offered i got a b plus and i stopped taking it because i didn't want to bring my grade point average down so because i'm a big loser (laughs) why do you still have the keyboard is it just because no i play but i'll i'll like look up chords for popular songs and then i'll just learn to play that chord but i have no idea every time i it's like a g i have to like look at the image of where the keys are in the g chord and then play it you're like way ahead of me i don't know any well the bar is low i like we're both (laughs) really bad at (laughs) it (laughs) right you have an even you have like a smaller piano than i do i don't have it anymore oh you don't even have it (laughs) no it got lost it got we got rid of it this is why we read yeah, so we read that's a lot. where my talents go. I I had a good week. Also, I switched my teams at work. I'm very happy, and I also had a lot of time to read because I was just doing training. <laughs> so, when I was done with training, I just read rockstar romances. And yeah, it's great. Oh, <laughs> and yesterday, uh, some training for a half Ironman, and yesterday I had to do a bunch of all three activities in the morning, and then I literally laid on my couch the entire rest of the day and watched most of season two of Empire Diaries. And my husband sat next to me and commented through the whole thing. I mean, and it was amazing. That's the dream, except uh, I can't get into Vampire Diaries. I, I, you know what? I didn't for a really long time. Did you keep watching through the doubt, the self-doubt? Well, so I put it on in the background and sometimes I tune in and it's like interesting, but I'm not always paying attention. It's something that I can put on and I don't really care if like... But isn't it one of those shows that's like 23 episodes a season oh, or yeah. something? So and like, there's how did, seasons. So did you have to catch up before season two? Like, do you know what's going on? Yeah. I, so I, I only started like two weeks ago. I just finished season two because that's my life. This is a child-free life, everybody. Not on my end of the couch. <laughs> you know, they're like on in the background. I sort of get what's... It's not like it's fucking complicated. No, I know. I know. <laughs> the only thing that's complicated is like, wait, you're a vampire. Are you not anymore? Are you now? Who's dead? Who's alive? Wait, they can go from vampire to not? So I've Googled what happens and I think you they come up with a cure at some point. That's what you learn in these supernatural shows is like nothing is forever. Even death can be undone. That's beautiful. So deep. <laughs> so deep i mean it's fantasy so you can write in whatever you want i'm really excited for when we do a fantasy episode because there's just like so much to talk about yes despite the fact that this podcast so far is very contemporary Kristen and i do read a fair bit of fantasy and we both love it yeah fantasy romance and just regular fantasy yeah more of that but today we are talking about rockstar romances and 
I'm pretty excited about this because rock stars are hot, man. I'm I'm gonna be that blunt about it. <laughs> have, have you ever dated a rock star? Not a, not no. a famous one. Not a famous no. one. I would know about that. I have not dated a rock star nor a musician. Although my husband now plays the ukulele, <laughs> I don't think that counts. And he learned it late in life. No, I haven't. Have you? I not. I would not classify anybody as a rock star, but I have dated actually many musicians. So I dated a jazz musician in college who was very polite. <laughs> Quite <laughs> but the he would take me. He would. It was great because we didn't. We we like ended very amicably after two months or something. We were just both like, it's fine. It's cool to see you for a few months. It's cool. He wore like this really big leather jacket. It was like really long, <laughs> like over the fingertips. No, like 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 the oh, down to, like, like a duster. <laughs> Was it, it a leather duster? It Caitlin? wasn't that. <laughs> it is, was, it, is it awkward if it's not like? I feel like maybe it's even more awkward if it's not like at your hip or at your ankle. The in between like, is I like extra it, awkward. I think it was right below his butt. Like it was so awkward. <laughs> he was also really tall. Anyway. Anyway, but it was great because I went to college in New York and he would just take me to like jazz bars on the weekend. I think that's why I dated him. But then he got really into um, free jazz, which is where you just play whatever the fuck you want on whatever instrument you have. And I couldn't, I didn't get it. I wasn't cool enough. (laughs) I wasn't cool enough for that. So I dated him and then I dated one guy who did parody music. You remember that? parody oh yeah. that guy. Yeah. and he actually has an album that he recently put out which i will not be promoting on this podcast i'm sure you don't want to um, share a tidbit i really don't want to share it the picture the album cover is him sitting on a toilet <laughs> <laughs> so if you didn't know what parody music is that will give you an idea yeah. he had some good stuff originally i can't find his original work but he was pretty good so yeah most of the people i've dated have played an instrument even if they haven't done it like i feel like they, we went to college in new york city so he's just like you're around more creative types. That's naturally. true. Everyone does a bit of everything there. Yeah, I have not had the privilege, but I still really enjoy rock star romance because there's just something really sexy about rock stars. I mean, yeah. before we even get into the books, let's talk about that. Why do people like rock stars? It's a great philosophical question. <laughs> there was Which is what we tackle here yes. on Love Ann. The deep ones. <laughs> Multiple ways you can interpret that. We... <laughs> there was a musician in college who I didn't find attractive at all, and he was kind of creepy. But then he got up on stage at like an open mic with a saxophone, and I was like, yeah, I see it. I get it. I could tap Actually, that. Actually, now that I think about it, I had some like friends of friends in college, and they were in a band that I think actually ended up doing quite well, at least locally. And I was just like, mm, I don't, this person is eh, whatever. And then he got up on stage, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh, hey. Mm-hmm. You add 50 points of hotness yeah, or curiosity or something. It just Especially yeah. if they can play it decently. Yeah, you know? and he, he sang too. So I don't know what it is. Is it seeing people like men be vulnerable on stage or is it sharing their art? I don't know. Well, musicians are good with their hands. So I think there's hey. that. I think there's also like a passion. You know, if you're playing an instrument, you're passionate about it. There's some – that's sexy. It's romantic in a way. Even if you're... Unless it's like death metal. Hey, man. It's your passion. It's not not my kink. Somebody's for sure. No, but there definitely is a thing about someone getting up on stage and it being hot. Like outside of the music itself. Mm -hmm. Obviously, people follow bands because of the music. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they make the perfect male main characters for a lot of romance books. Which is why your reading list was so long. (laughs) It was. And I think... Well, I read some books that 
were about rock stars, but it wasn't really about the rock star lifestyle. I feel like the books I really tried to focus on were the ones that were about this like very particular lifestyle. I think that's the other thing. Rock stars and people who do really well in music are a very, very small percentage of the population. And if you can read a book about them, it's like getting this window into this very exclusive world and lifestyle and like way of living that you that not everyone's gonna get to experience because if you say i want to be a rock star it's not like saying like i want to be an architect and then you go to school and be an architect yeah you have to make it i do wonder how authors who write about this do their research like do you think they actually contact people who live that lifestyle and they're like how does it work when you're on tour and what is the living situation like and how much access do you have to drugs or do you think they just watch a bunch of movies and they're like oh it must be like this i I have no idea what the answer to that question. I will say in all the books we read, there wasn't anything where I was like, I bet you this person did a lot of research. Everything mm-hmm. I read was like, kind of vague. this could be a movie. I mean, a lot of the themes we saw were like people being on tour, disagreements with the band, artistic problems, a lot of sobriety issues, a lot of women and groupies. And so whether that's realistic or not, that's certainly the portrayal you get in film. Yeah. Well, right now I'm thinking of Almost Famous which is great movie. such a great movie. Oh my gosh. You know what else I watched one episode of in preparation for this week? Not, I didn't seek it out. I just happened to see it on Hulu. Do you remember Rock of Love? No. Oh. With Brett Michaels? Why does that sound so familiar? <laughs> okay, first of all, did you ever see Flavor of Love? Oh my, I tried not to. Okay, that's great. This was back in, I want to say it was like the mid 2000s. Y'all were old. Flavor Flav. Did like a dating yes. show it's called With Flavor of Love. He always had the chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Flavor of Love came first, and then they did Rock of Love with Brett Michaels, who was the lead singer of Poison. We are not in our youth anymore, but even that was like that was like late eighties, so yeah, we were I was just not, being I, born or like I was not born. Yeah, yet. not born yet. So yeah, mid two thousands they did like Rock of Love. Brett Michaels got like twenty five women together who wanted to date him, and the whole thing was he's a rock star, and all these women like show up and they look completely two thousand five. They're in like short sparkly dresses with really thin eyebrows. Like if you just look at them, you're like, wow, you are from a very specific year <laughs> in the millennium, and it's a dating show. But the funny thing is that you know I read all these books with rock stars, and in my head they're so swoony. But I watched Brett Michaels do a dating show and I'm like, nope, pass off. It's an easy pass. He didn't have a, a sexy leather he duster? Didn't, he didn't have a sexy leather duster. No, but he's like wears a bandana around his head and he still has like long hair and he looks like a rock star. But I... Is he older? Is that what the issue is? No. No. I mean, he's probably in his 40s in that show. So he's not that old. It's just, I would never be like oh, I could be into this guy because he's a rock star. Well, maybe he needs to get up on stage and play his musician and then you'd be like, Maybe. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. I didn't watch that far into the series. I definitely watched the whole thing back in the day when it first came out. But that whole show is built around rock stars and there's music everywhere and band stuff and all the women like kind of remind me of how you would think about like groupies or women who go on tour nice so that was a blast from the past so we're into rock stars we are into rock stars Um, yeah before we get into our books uh what color is your nail polish this week okay so we always pick our nail polish to sync up with the theme of the show or book because we really like doing our nail polish as much as we like reading almost. So this week I am wearing this color hits all the high notes. What are you wearing? I am wearing metallic composition, which is obviously a metallic type 
color. This color hits all the high notes. It's like a silvery. Like they're both metallic and like glitzy. Yeah. They're glammy. They're rock star glammy. Yeah. So they're really fitting. Pretty super edgy, I would say. Pretty cool. Yeah. I also think what was the kind of music that you're, the parody? Oh. What's it called? The kind of music that your old friend did? I parody. just called it parody music. Yeah. Okay. So I would say for the books we're talking about, we're talking about rock stars. These guys do rock. Yes. <laughs> Maybe there's one guy in a book who does indie like, that's a very specific type of music yeah. they do. There's one book we'll reference where the, the woman is actually – she's a pop star. Yeah. But, like, we're not reading books with people doing parody music as the prime Yes. Gig. Well, my ex was also not famous. So <laughs> no. I'm just saying, like, our nail colors, the rock glam yes. really fits the type of music. We, we are in a specific vibe this week. Yeah. We're we reading are. for a specific vibe. Yes. Okay. So one of the very first romance books I read – which we'll talk about first, is the Happily Ever Playlist. Happy Ever After Playlist. <laughs> By Abby Jimenez. Yes. It was very good. It is very it's good. It's so good I didn't pay attention to the title, apparently. Yes. Uh, Sloane and Jason are the, or Jackson Waters, as his stage name is, are the main characters. And he is like an indie rock star. This is a very good book. It's good. And it's more mainstream, I'd say, than the other ones we read. Yeah. Yeah. Should we give basic... Yeah. Of it. yeah so sloan is she's an artist yeah she's, she's an a artist. painter she's a painter and her fiance died two years ago and she's still having a hard time with it she's sort of put her life on hold she hasn't fully cleaned out the house she was living in with him she hasn't really cleaned out his stuff she's just she's still struggling she's um, grieving she's still grieving and she's driving down the street one day and then this dog is in the street and then it jumps into her sunroof and into her car, and she's just like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? And it, like, cuddles up to her. Yeah, it just Im- immediately loves her, and she's like, okay, I guess I'll take this dog. So she takes it home with her, and I don't know how she finds his number. She, the number's on the dog's tag, but it's, okay. like, just the number. And so she calls the number. It's Jason's number. Yeah. The, the male main character. And he doesn't pick up. It goes over to a voicemail. So she ends up calling this number, like, 10 or 14 days in a row every day, being like, hey, I have your dog by the way, can you come get him? And she at first is kind of feels put out by having to take care of this dog. But after like two weeks, she realized that for the first time in two years, this dog is getting her out of the house. They're walking like five to seven miles every day. She has a companion all of a sudden that she's having to take care of. And so she really starts to rebloom into a person in society and out of her grief. That's a really nice way to put it. Yeah. And then after two weeks, Jason finally calls her back because he was on some like backpacking trip in the Australian outback or something and so he didn't have service and he calls her and says hey I think you have my dog and she just says oh yeah I'm keeping him though goodbye and she hangs up (laughs) and he's like what the fuck he's just gotten off the plane and because the person he left her with was like his fuck buddy and she abandoned the dog just like let him out I mean if there we've talked about treating dogs a certain way in books before but if there's a character who is not nice to an animal automatically write them off yes so we don't like this woman monique she, i don't she doesn't really play that much of a no role, she though. doesn't yeah. but i just yeah you don't like her but sloan is very really, pro dog in this house sloan is very nice the dog anyway mm-hmm. sloan feels bad because she realizes jason really does care about the dog and he was out of town and so she agrees to hang on to the dog for another two weeks before jason returns but they start this texting relationship which to me felt like really sweet and really authentic too they just yeah. have like a banter back and forth they play this game where they're allowed to ask each other a question every day and they end up being like really 
thoughtful questions rather than like what are you wearing <laughs> oh and just to back up for a second she does not know that he is jackson Waters. oh yeah yeah he has not told her she knows he's a musician mm-hmm. who's like touring with some music other musicians in australia but does not know the full extent of his fame right which is good because she is a big fan yeah she describes herself later as his biggest fan yes so anyway he comes back after two weeks they finally meet each other they are swooning by that point she is dealing with still recovering from her grief and also feeling like she's being unfaithful to her ex's memory in a way but they really develop like a nice relationship and the latter half of the book she she obviously finds out who he is and she goes on tour with him and so I think that's also part of the magic that's brought into a lot of these books where like you take a normal lifestyle and then in you are in that person's shoes and then you are taken on tour or like you are dragged into the rock star lifestyle and I think that's part of the fantasy of these books for sure even though you get both of their perspectives you become Sloane getting a look behind the curtain. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. It's also interesting to bring the other aspect of what normal people don't have to deal with into a relationship, which is the public eye and people being interested. Like, I think at some point, some crazy fan, like, vandalizes her car or something, and she's got to deal with people fawning all over him. I mean, things that normal relationships don't really, unless your husband's just really attractive and you're out in the street (laughs) and some women are, like, fawning over him, but... You don't have the the extent of like paparazzi trying to get into your life. And oh, I think he at some point he lives in an apartment complex or in a house and somebody gets like the gate code and they want to bring somebody in so that he can, they can get paparazzi shots with him and another woman. There's just a lot of there's specific lot of, rock star issues in this book. There's a lot of like deceit and like dealing with fame and trying to keep your private life. And yeah, just things like the commoners like you and I are not going to be dealing with. So it's a peek behind the curtain. But also... You know, I don't think any of these that we've read, and even in media, when I'm like seeing a movie about rock stars, I feel like I never see rock star that's like, oh yeah, I'm completely comfortable with this fame. Also, they're always dealing it with them with it themselves. Yeah, I and haven't read any their private life. Yeah, I haven't read any where the rock star character is like, I love it. I love people getting into my business. <laughs> Usually, they're trying to find a way to balance what they actually want to do with. The fact that they have to be in a public eye in order to do what they love. Yeah. Yeah. So that leads me to the next book I want to talk about, which is Idol by Kristen Callahan. This is part of a series called the VIP series. And this is the first rock star book I read, which really felt like a rock star romance. I mean, Happy Ever After playlist is about a rock star. But to me, it's about a lot more because there's like this grief involved. And I feel like there is a connection with them that kind of like transcends the music and kind of like that plot point. But Idol is – the series is four books, and each of them focuses on the different member of the band, or one one focuses on the manager of the band, and it's really about the rock star lifestyle. So Idol starts with Killian James, who is, I think, the guitarist and lead singer of his band. He is drunk <laughs> on his motorcycle, and he basically drunk drives his motorcycle onto the lawn of Liberty Bell. Yes, that's her name. Libby. Okay, I thought you were going to say something much worse than driving onto a lawn, so I'm okay with this <laughs> I'm scared to ask what you thought I was going to well, say. Well, you said drunk dr- I immediately thought he was going to, like, kill somebody and no, this was going to be a super no, angst no, 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 it's not super angsty, but th- th- that does come into play. So oh boy. I'll explain. So she lives in, like, the Outer Banks, South Carolina or something like that. Basically kind of in the middle of nowhere. Anyway, he like drunk- the show? <laughs> 
Yeah. Because I have not seen that show. Oh, I have. I saw the first season and... Is it like Vampire Diaries but on a beach? No. And without vampires? First of all, it's only like 10 episodes. So there's just something inherently better about a show that is 10 episodes versus 25. Yes. Which is a difference from shows made in the early millennium that were on like the CW. Yes. I think Grey's Anatomy's second season had like 26 or 27 episodes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Outer Banks. Outer Banks. Where was placed? So Moving on. he crashes into her lawn. She comes out and she's like, who is this drunk fuck up on my lawn who's got a beard and a hair and he's like disgusting. She basically cleans him up. And she's so pissed off and he's a rock star. She doesn't know who he is. And so she is just being kind of justifiably an ass to him. And she takes care of him. He wakes up the next morning in her house and she's like, okay, get out of here. But I don't want to hang out with you. Like, I'm mad at you. You just ruined my lawn and you're obnoxious. And he's like, okay, I'm out of here. By the way, I'm renting the house next door. So he becomes her neighbor for the summer. Wait, did he already, was he already renting the house next door or no. did he do so it? he showed up. And the, so the backstory on him is that his other bandmate and longtime best friend, Jax, tried to commit suicide the year prior. And so this whole book series kind of deals so with- trigger warning for suicide. Yeah, yeah, with mental health. And the third book is about Jax and that is a book that definitely deals with mental health and is also really good. But anyway, after Jax tried to commit suicide, it really like affected all of the band members. And so Killian kind of took off because he was having trouble dealing with him, his best friend, you know, wanting to end his life. And so the day he shows up on Libby's lawn drunk, it's like a year after, like the one year anniversary or something of that suicide attempt. And so he that's why he's drunk. But he was on his way to that house to rent just to get away from it all again and be somewhere. She lives in like the middle of nowhere. There's like no one around her. And Libby is someone who basically doesn't have any friends. She lives alone. Her parents died the previous year from a drunk driving accident. Oh, which shit. Which is why it takes her a little bit to accept a friendship from Killian because of how he arrived at her house. And she is kind of a reclusive. She does an online job. But they end up building this friendship that's really sweet. Turns out she is a songwriter and a singer in her own right. Eventually she finds out who he is and is very reluctant to sing in front of him because she has horrible stage fright. But they do start working together and singing together and writing together. And so it kind of cures him because he hadn't picked up a guitar in a year. And then she starts to come out of her shell a little bit more. So it's sort of like a, a very quick enemies to friends to lovers. He eventually ends up inviting her on tour and sings some songs on their tour. And so that really breaks into this is what it's like to be a rock star. They're on the tour bus. That's where like the being a rock star becomes even more of the plot. Because this book was really about like musicians. And it wasn't something external like outside of the characters. It was really embedded into the books. Yeah. I love a plot where they work on writing music together. Anytime you have lyrics in a book, I just, I mean, as long as they're not really stupid. But I really, yeah, I really like that. Yeah, they have a really sweet relationship. They end up keeping it secret. So one of the tropes is sort of the, I wouldn't say forbidden relationship, but they keep it secret because she's really worried that people are going to think she slept her way onto the stage, which, you know, yes, girl, that's a valid concern if you're a woman. Yeah, for So sure. they have a lot of secret hot sex. Nice. After shows and things like that. But the second book in that series 
is about the manager of the band. So we'll only discuss it briefly because technically he's not a rock star, but it is the best book of the series. And frankly, if you are a fan of the grumpy sunshine trope, this is the one to read. It's called Managed. Killian's manager is Gabriel Scott. They call him Scotty. Sophie Darling is the female main character. She is the sunshine. He is the grump. They have a relationship where he can't sleep. And at some point, he hires her to cuddle with him every night. Oh my god. That is my dream book. Oh my god. Then you have to read this book. I have to read it. And it is slow burn. Like They don't actually get together until quite late in the book. But there is cuddling from the first part. Okay. Can I just say... I really think that there is not enough cuddling in romance novels. All I want to see is a scene in every book where they sit down and watch a fucking movie and put their arm around each other. And I never get it. I don't get hand-holding. I don't get cuddling. is the best. I feel like it's not represented enough. It's all about, I'm just like, I want to put my dick in you. Like, let's do a little, (laughs) let's, that, yes, and, let me hold you. Love and, please hold my hand. Yes. (laughs) I agree completely. And also in general, to me, actual physical like intercourse and sex is not the steamy – even if it's a steamy scene, I think the foreplay is like way steamier oh, yeah. and more interesting than actually sticking your dick in a hole. Interesting way to put it. Unless it's double penetration. Okay. Because that's just interesting on its own. Hey, we're, we're going to discuss reverse harem later, so we will discuss that. <laughs> on that note, when we chat about – Did we give a trigger warning? Because – No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we talk a lot about sex and we say curse yeah, words. I think that's clear at this point. Just um, FYI. If anyone was listening with kids, they're not anymore. As soon as you said <laughs> double penetration. Is that all you wanted to say about Idol? Or do you uh, really... uh, that's all I wanted to say about Idol and then just like if you want the cuddling. And whoever out there wants cuddling to be I want a it. main piece of it, you need to read Managed. I want it. Yes. I want it. Okay. So we're going to talk about Vespertine. Which I read and Kristen had not, has not, but you should. You definitely should. You need to put it on your list. But I didn't want you to read it before this episode because I wanted to talk about it. So The Vespertine is by Letta Blake. The main characters are Jasper and Nikki. It's a male-male romance, rock star romance. But before, stop reading, don't read ahead. <laughs> before I tell you about it, I need, I need to read the description of this book that was on, I basically Google searched for male-male rock star romances because I didn't feel like any were coming up in my Goodreads suggestions or my Kindle suggestions. So I googled it and this is the description of this book that came up and I sent a screenshot of this to Kristen at the time and I was like, this is ridiculous. This is crazy. I can't find any books that seem to be good that are male-male and what is this description? Okay, so the description is this. Can a priest and a rock star obey love's call? (laughs) That's the best first class. 17 years ago, Jasper Hendricks and Nicholas Bloomfeld's childhood friendship turned into a secret, blissful love affair. Just wait for it. They spent several idyllic months together until Jasper's calling to the Catholic priesthood (laughs) became impossible to ignore. Left floundering, Nicky followed his own trajectory into rock stardom, but he never stopped looking back. Blah, 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 blah. So I sent this to Christian. (laughs) I was like, really? They had a Catholic priest, Catholic gay priest, and a rock star. And like, that's ridiculous. But because I couldn't really find that many rock star romances that sounded that good to me, I decided to read it and I thought, I'll just have a laugh. I'll be able to talk about it. Guys, it was so good. <laughs> it was so beautiful. I, beautiful. It was amazing. I really thought, I really thought I was just going to be shitting on this book. And it's, it was so good. Like, it's one of my favorite books I've read in a while. Did the, 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 that 
plot summary line up with the book or was there just like so much more that wasn't really said like to give like the basic structure of the plot that is the basic structure so it's a second chance romance they are childhood best friends and then they're lovers when they're late teens and then jasper nikki calls him jazz he gets grounded for the summer for something he's actually covering for nikki because nikki's starting to get into drugs and he covers for him so they're not allowed to see each other for the whole summer and over that time, he realizes that he's being called to the priesthood and he wants to be a priest. And so at the end of the summer, he basically just tells Nikki, we can't be together anymore. I'm going to become a priest. And Nikki's like, okay, so you never loved me. And like, it kind of hit this like out of the blue for him. So he leaves because he wants to be a musician. He goes to LA. He gets into drugs. He has to like, you know, give his body to certain people to get certain opportunities, which he gets into later in the book. And starts using and becomes a rock star he joins up with a couple other guys and they become a really big band called vespertine and he writes a lot of their music and all of his songs are about jazz and he's he's sort of thinking like maybe if he hears enough of these songs he'll like come back to me and jazz hears them and is like shit oh i can't listen to this anymore because this is really painful for me He's a really good priest. He's, like, really involved in his community. He's, like, the only gay priest in the Catholic Church ever. Is he openly ever. gay? Yes, he's openly gay in, in the community. In a Catholic church? In a Catholic church. We don't need to get into it. Technically, it's fine, from what I understand of Catholicism, as long as you're not acting on any of it. And he's not, because he's a priest, and he's a good one. And on the side, he runs a youth shelter for LGBTQ youth. You can only join if you're, like, transgender or queer, and so he's got a ton of kids who have nowhere else to go, whose parents have kicked them out, who've been abused... And he helps them, like, he's a really safe community for them because everybody else understands what they're going through. And so he really wants to protect that community. But the Catholic Church, this Mass Magazine does this article on him, and he ends up, they end up like- Mass Magazine? No, this magazine. (laughs) Oh, they're like, Mass Magazine, the Catholic Mass Magazine. uh, Raunchy photos of priest on the top, priest on the (laughs) floor. No, but they take all these photos, and they take some where he's like in the, what's it called, like the cassock or whatever? He's got the little white thing in his throat. Yeah, like the collar. Yeah, yeah, the collar. They take, that's probably not the right word at all, guys. I haven't been Catholic since I was like eight, so (laughs) give me a minute. They take a bunch of these extra photos and one of them ends up on the cover of like the Atlantic or something like some magazine. And so Nikki sees it when he's coming home. Anyway, so the Catholic Church is like, listen, we were fine with you doing this under the radar, but now you're like in magazines and people know that you're a gay priest and like we don't really know if we're comfortable with this. So the Catholic Church wants to turn his youth home into a home for all youth. And Jazz is like, listen, if you open it up to everybody these kids are going to be bullied. It's no longer going to be a safe space. Like they need to have one place that is just theirs and all the other youths can go. There's so many other places for them to go that these youths can't because they won't be accepted. So it's really important for him to keep the safe space safe. So he's sort of struggling with that throughout the book. And then Nikki is on tour with his band and they're all like, it starts and he's like totally coked out. He's taken some other drugs. He took like a I don't know drug terms. He took some big drug in the hotel. So many things we don't know. And then, he's like, <laughs> and then he's like, they're about to go on stage and he's totally like out of his mind. Like he just is really low and his manager basically forces him to do lines of coke so that he can get up on stage. And the management basically gives them the drugs because they want to keep them complacent. They want to keep them high enough that they can keep going, but like out of their minds enough that they can control them and that they can basically handle their career. He does that, and then a couple months later, we see him coming back to his hometown to sort of recover because he and all of his bandmates are just totally on drugs. Two of his other bandmates go to rehab, and then one of the band members, Ramona, she doesn't have a drug problem, so she's just 
sort of there and is confident when he needs somebody to call. Anyway, so he comes back. He's really pissed at Jazz. It's been 17 years. He's 17? Yes. So they're like in their... Mid-30s. Mid-30s. Which okay. I really liked. He goes to confession and Jazz recognizes his voice and he's like, why the fuck? You, like, you didn't love me. What's happening? He gets really angry with him. Jazz is like, I'm trying to be in the priesthood. This is not an appropriate <laughs> conversation for confession. Anyway, so they, it's second chance. They start to rekindle their friendship, which is really beautiful. It's really well written. And then eventually, I mean, we all know this is going to happen, but there's a good amount of steam towards the end of the book. And they, they realize that they do love each other and that they need to find a way to make that work while maintaining, you know, the things that they want to do. That sounds way better than yes. the blurb you initially read. I know. Although... You know, I'm into reading a book just to see how bad it will be sometimes. Yeah. Also, the cover is one guy wearing a shirt with a guitar. Obviously, that's Nikki. <laughs> but the other guy, who I guess is supposed to be the priest, is shirtless. And I don't really, <laughs> I don't get it. Oh, I'm sorry. I only said one of the author's names. It's Letta Blake and, and Indra Vaughn. Those are the, both of the authors. It's really good. I really liked it. It's just really nice. It's a nice book. It's nice to hear you say something nice about a book. Hey. Gush. Gush about a book. Yeah, I gush sometimes. Listen, I'm opinionated, but that goes both ways. When yeah. I'm really into it, I'm really into it. Okay, so I'm adding it to my TBR. Yeah, slow burn, mail mail, steamy. It's good stuff. Yeah. Got a lot of really good community vibes too, like uh, side characters that you root for. And Oh, there's a lot of kids in the shelter that are involved too. Nikki goes and plays music with some of them and like, oh, it's just it's so wholesome. <laughs> Which you wouldn't think <laughs> with the book while being, being okay. a priest, rock star, well, steamy MM romance. Here's the thing I thought it was going to be like the book Priest. I thought it was going to be like an excuse to get some like ultra taboo erotica with a priest involved. And so that's what I assumed, but it's not that at all. It's very well done. And yeah. like it's not taboo the way she does it. You're, the way she's, they do it. Caitlin's talking about priest by sierra simone yes which is good but it's definitely uh, to me that leans way more towards porn with mm -hmm. plot yeah it's way more erotica i feel like there's like anal sex in the church like yeah. on the <laughs> on the altar on the altar yeah there's none of that in this book this book is way more respectful <laughs> and using it. like um anointing oil as lube oh i did not get that far <laughs> well now you know well, we will talk about that book in another episode <laughs> but yes vespertine Okay. Good book. All right. So the book I read next, Lilac by B.B. Reed, is a reverse harem. If you don't know what a reverse harem is, it means one woman and more than one guy. And probably more than two. Because I feel like when it's two guys and one girl, it's like called MMF or MFM. Reverse harem is probably three or more. I guess that makes a harem one guy and many women. Because historically. Yeah. That oh, would because be historically. Okay. Yeah. So a reverse harem. I love reverse harem books they are definitely one of my personal preferences i have to be in the right mood i also think there's a tipping point for how many characters you can have because my brain can only handle like creating so many voices and appearances in my head so this book lilac did it the right way it's one woman whose name is braxton fawn and then it's three guys and three guys is like the right amount for me not because like <laughs> just personally <laughs> Not because, like, it can't be interesting with five guys, and I have read some with five guys, but literally I can't keep track. There aren't enough holes for five guys. <laughs> well, if there's, like, if there's MM stuff going on, too. I mean, there's always ways. <laughs> the point is my brain can't keep track of that many voices and, like, characters. Like, when they give a description of each and, like, personality traits and stuff like that, it's just 
I can't get through. Like one person always ends up British in my head because I can't <laughs> find enough voices. That's, that's never a bad thing. Can I ask you a question? <laughs> yeah. Does some of them have weird colored hair? This one did not. Th- okay. okay. So, but because so- I feel like in a lot of the reverse harems, they'll be like, they, they run out of, they want, them to, <laughs> they want them to appear really different yeah. in your mind. Yeah. So it'll always be like, this one had a red mohawk. And like, why? <laughs> I totally agree. So there is usually, to me, and with my, the knowledge of books I've done, and this goes for reverse harems and for rockstar romances in general because there's always a band with like members there's one blonde guy he's usually charismatic and flirty there is one emo dude who usually has a lot of tats and like <laughs> has a very deep voice and piercing he probably has either a dick piercing or a lip piercing or maybe both well, we gotta the book, yeah <laughs> okay, in the book, we'll, one of the books i'm talking about we'll later. get there there is usually one guy with like dark brown hair and then if there's another guy, like, yeah, he probably has a pink mohawk or something. Actually, what confused me in, the, in Kirsten Callahan's VIP series, which was the idol book, is that one of the band members supposedly looked very much like Killian. They both had dark hair, tattoos, just their eye colors were different. That band member is actually the one band member that didn't get a book. But I always had a lot of trouble every time he was in a scene because I was like, I'm having trouble distinguishing you. And what does your voice sound like? Anyway, so Lilac by B.B. Reed is a rock star, reverse harem, bully romance. Oof. It's kind of like the trifecta of great things for when, you. When you're in the mood for it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You have to be in the mood for it. It's very, very steamy. As, you know, the number of partners you have increases the number of sex scenes. So the guys who – hang on. I have to look at their names. Houston Morrow – is the brown-haired, broody asshole, we'll say. Jericho Noble. Oh, come on. Who goes, <laughs> goes by Rich, which means his name is Rich Noble, <laughs> which they make fun of in the book. Okay. Is the emo, very, very dark-haired dude who's, like, very nice, actually, but quiet. Do you mean he has black hair? Yeah, I guess his hair's black. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess he has black hair. Okay. He's got a lip piercing. He's like, he's very nice, but he's quiet. He has a deep voice. He's like... Have you ever dated somebody with a lip piercing? I haven't. I'm the queen of just uh, non sequiturs today. Yeah. I wanted to. I had a friend who dated somebody with a double lip piercing. Like Like on on one side. No, one on each side. And they dated for like a long time. What about like a tongue piercing? Have you ever dated someone with a tongue piercing? I have never dated someone with a tongue piercing. This makes... This is a super side note, but it makes me think of the last book of Zodiac Academy. I know! I was just... (laughs) about that um, oh man zodiac academy is a fantasy series it's yeah. not a reverse harem but there are lots of characters it's very bully it's a very it's a bully romance yeah. and we'll have a whole episode on it because we love it there's seven books now we will talk about it once the eight, point is one of them gets book. uh what is it called it's a bar, bar- st andrew no st andrews uh, that's probably the wrong ladder time. jacob's ladder yes which which i still can't visualize but i'm afraid to google, google it <laughs> I googled it immediately okay. on the incognito tab because you never know. It's extensive. He gets a Jacob's ladder piercing. Yes. Stick. Okay. Backing all the be- way. It's bejazzled. <laughs> Which fits with the plot. Because anyway, anyway, we'll talk about this. It's okay. Yeah, we'll talk about Zodiac. <laughs> we will talk about fantasy in the future. Anyway, backtracking all the way back to Rich Noble, the emo band member, with the drummer, dick, the dick piercing apparently, <laughs> lip piercing, <laughs> okay. lip piercing. How do you? Maybe both. No. Okay. <laughs> I guess you would know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, you know. Um, and then Lauren James is the blonde, charismatic dude who definitely seems like most of the player. He's, like, very flirty. Anyway, the three of them are in a band called Bound because 
It's reverse harem, and that makes sense. They have been best friends forever. Their fourth band member, who's someone they brought in like a while into their career, like they just needed a fourth, is this guy they didn't get along with, and that guy ended up overdosing and dying. They don't really miss him. And it was a guy. It was a guy, but they don't really miss him. Why did they bring in a woman? So they don't know that she's a woman. So Braxton Fawn is the woman. She's like this red-haired, really snappy, like takes care of herself, can hold her own kind of thing. She's a really good musician. She is auditioned and brought in to be their fourth member by their the band's like is she a singer or she's a singer and a guitarist, but she's hired primarily to be a guitarist. Okay. And so they don't know she's a woman because her name is Braxton. So they think she's a guy. And they immediately dislike her because they're like, who is this? And why is she coming into our band? But of course, there's some insta-lust. They're also like, wow, she's really hot. So it's a bully romance, right? So they end up, you know, kind of trying to make her life miserable at first and make her quit. And she's really holding her own and like snaps right back at them when they say something. And eventually they all end up like hooking up with her on their own. And some of it is definitely hate sex. And they're fighting amongst each other. Is it only her perspective or is it everyone's? No, it's all four of their perspectives, which is great. That's cool. Part of the reason she was brought in, not for the reason, but she was told by the band's manager that like, hey, these guys used to be best friends. They haven't gotten along in a long time. So we're hoping, you know, you can also help bring them together. I don't mean by sex, but (laughs) (laughs) that's what ends up happening. But first they all kind of like get with her and they're jealous of each other and they're like fighting even though they're still – struggling with the fact that they don't want her there and eventually she's just like fuck all you guys talk to me about music or nothing else and she kind of ignores them for like two months of the tour by the way they're all on tour when this is happening we know that the tour bus which happens in like every rockstar romance is just an excuse for forced proximity which is great so many things can happen on a tour bus and so she ignores them for two months and then they amongst themselves say we want her but fine we'll share her and that we're fine with that They've been best friends forever, and they're like, that's fine. And so they woo her back. Wow. It's a very long book. It's almost like 600 pages, but you do get, like, so much of each of their points of view, and there is a lot of sex. There's threesomes. There's male-male. There's male-male-female. I think the last scene is all four of them. I need to read this book. And there is DP. Double penetration. That's what DP stands for. Yep. Okay. I kept seeing that on Reddit, and I couldn't figure it out. Yes. It's not domestic partnership. Uh, was not. Where was I? I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't go there. I just couldn't figure it out. Okay. Well, that's what that is. So I love a good reverse harem. I love a good bully romance. I like bully ro- romance because there's a good grovel. And then this had the whole rock star thing in it where like she becomes a rock star too. Does she sing? End up she singing. sings too. And like, and she kills it on stage like early on when she's like waiting for them to call her before she actually joins them on the tour and they clearly don't want to work with her, they show up at one, like some small-time festival that she's doing with like a few friends, and she blows them out of the water in front of like 20,000 people. And they're like, shit, she's actually really good. And she's hot. I love oh, it. Oh, no. Yeah. I love it. So um, if you like Steam, if you like multiple partners. I guess that's fair if you like if you like Steam. If you don't like Steam, you probably shouldn't listen no, to this podcast. No, also I forgot the reason why it's called Lilac, because it's kind of a random name. She's... I'm going to butcher this. She's synesthetic or something. Yeah, synesthetic. Like she yeah. perceives sound with color. 
And she also perceives emotion with color and smells. Nice. So it's like kind of woven throughout where like she knows what she's feeling by what she's smelling and things like that. And so like I won't give it away, but lilac has to do with their relationship and what she feels. <laughs> you guessed it i would love one of my biggest dreams is to be a synesthetic is to have oh i thought you were gonna say to be in a reverse harem no <laughs> that's one of your biggest that's dreams of- <laughs> i just think being in a thruple would be amazing which is not a reverse harem no a your- thruple is like a couple but three people yeah but you want two dudes yeah but your dream is more tangible than i can't become synesthetic you can't, can't become synesthetic. i can't get right. synesthesia is the shit it sounds so fucking it sounds cool. really cool Sounds yeah. fucking amazing. Except maybe when you're little and you think you're like crazy or something or confused. I have not. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Well, okay. I I can only say I don't know how much research she did, but for this particular character, like Braxton, at least with the perceiving emotions through smells. Yeah, I've was, never heard that before. Yeah, she was like, no one knew what to do with me, and like they Aww. thought things were wrong with me when I was a kid, and like I had a tumor. So that sounded like terrifying. I don't know if like regular synesthetics like deal with that, but sounds very cool. So do reverse harems. Sody thruples. I think we're learning more about your kinks in this in this episode. I like it. Boys, yeah. reverse harems. This is not the last time we're going to discuss reverse harems. There are so many kinds of reverse harems. There's fantasy. They're not all bully. Okay, There's all the ones all... I've read are bully, so I'd be interested to read one that's it's not. It's really easy to do bully. Actually, next episode, we're talking about time travel. Spoiler alert. And we're doing a time loop. I'm going to reread a time loop reverse harem that you've read too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's bully. That's, that is bully. It's easy to do it because like – the guys can easily gang up on her. Oh, quick side note. One other musician reverse harem I did read partially. It's called Groupie, like perfect title. And it's by Sam Stonich. I'm probably butchering that name. But I didn't read the whole thing because it was very porny. <laughs> like too much. you because. Too much. You know that I need, I need plot. And then porn. Okay. I need plot with steam. Yeah. But she is a girl like down on her luck and she runs into a band and they're all broken in their own ways and they end up just like all having sex in the back of the tour bus. Although the tour bus, there's always like bunks and then there's one bed in the back that is for like everyone getting it on. And they all get it on. Yeah. Sex at cures the same everything. Time. That is a theme in romance novels. It's like you have severe psychological problems. Falling in love and having a lot of sex will solve everything. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Caitlin. It's a thing. It really <laughs> honestly it pisses me off a lot. I'm like, you just need to go see a therapist well, at this point. You don't I think sometimes, is, you need to wait to fall in love. You I think to- sometimes it's fine. Where I have a problem with it is where like, oh, his dick cured me. <laughs> sometimes it's just like very blunt. It they make it too easy. Like there's no more depth to it than that. It's just like, oh, his dick made me feel better. Now I'm cured. Yeah. I don't think I've seen it that blatant. Although this brings me... Blatant. That's the word, not blunt. Other things are blunt. <laughs> dick. Oh my god. We know <laughs> I Just a, another side note to a side note. This episode is called Love and Side Notes. Josh and I... Josh is my husband. We watched Fresh, which is Sebastian Stan's new movie. We watched it. So we're recording this in mid-March. So Fresh just came out this past weekend and we watched it. And afterwards, we decided that... Sebastian Stan is my person. If I, if I get if you get one person, if I get a person, yeah. Josh was like, "Who's his? Who's his first person?" He hasn't decided yet. Probably okay. Sebastian Stan. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he was like, I was like, "What do you? What if Sebastian Stan like called me?" And he was like, "Well, you'd need to, you need to go out with him if he asked you out." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, this is, this is the dude on my list." And he was like, "Yeah, it's fine. It's like it's my dude, the right husband." Yeah, my husband respects 
a good penis, I guess. Also, I if know. you were doing a drinking game while listening to our podcast, drink, <laughs> because we've mentioned Sebastian Stan. This yes. is our third episode. We've mentioned him, I'm pretty sure, every time. So- and if you go to our Instagram, you will see that he is one of two accounts we are following, so you could easily find out who we're talking about. Yes. You're welcome. He's beautiful. He is beautiful. He's also in his late 30s. I appreciate that. I'm into that. it. I appreciate it. A man it. can move his hips. I don't want to... He can. But also, I don't want to, like, lust after some, like, 25-year-old. I mean, I do. We're, only because we're not 25 anymore, and we don't... Well, I have dated younger, but I, not that much younger. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. Anyways, mark off your bingo card. <laughs> Next book. <laughs> okay, so we're talking about Lead by Kylie Scott, which... Kristen's really into and I have thoughts about. It's also part of a, much like the VIP series, it's by Kylie Scott and it's part of a four book series that's all about the band members too. The first one is Lick. The second one, (laughs) Caitlin's giving me Lick. Lick, yeah. What does that have to do with music? He's a rock star. It's about all, there's four members of the band and each book is about each member. And so there's Lick, there's Play, and then Lead is the third one. And then I don't remember what the last one is, but it's, it's also about a band. Okay, go on. No, yeah. this is your book. Okay, you do yeah, it. It's okay. Lena and Jimmy. Yeah, so Jimmy is, I think he's a singer, maybe. He's definitely a guitarist or he's a singer. I think he's both um, of the band. And I can't remember the band's name because we've been talking about a lot of bands today. But Lena is hired to be his sober companion because Jimmy has all kinds of sobriety issues and like anger issues and is not a very expressive person. I mean, we find out that like his mother basically like emotionally abused him and his younger brother, David, is also in the band. The first book, Lick, is about David. What is he licking? <laughs> Read and find out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Intrigue. <laughs> Anyways. So Lena's hired to be his sober companion and the prologue is like when they hire Lena because she's like telling off her old boss. Oh, yeah. And Jimmy's tough to deal with. You know, he's an asshole. And so for some reason, the band is meeting with that dude, whatever her old boss was. And they're like, hey, you're a tough cookie. Why don't you come work for Jimmy? Very polite way of saying it. She's, <laughs> yeah, she's a temp for this entertainment agency. Right. And their manager basically is the one that she's telling off because he wanted her to get him like a pastry. And she was like... This is a card from the baker, which says, we do not have these at this time. You can come back tomorrow. And he's like still pissed at her. He wanted something very specific. That's right. So they hire her. And then the chapter one basically speeds ahead in time. And Lena has now been working for Jimmy for a few months. And they kind of have like a very employer-employee relationship. He's cold and passive and kind of like standoffish. And she does her job well. And it's under her employment contract that she's not allowed to touch him at Yeah, all. they don't touch. They basically have no contact. He's been sober. He doesn't actually really seem to be having a problem with that as much. But, like, she's still there. And I think it's more that the label wants her to be there. I don't think it's so much that he's actually in danger of falling off the wagon. Whereas some of the other books that we're going to just touch on, like, there seem to be, like, an actual, like, fear. Well, yeah, I think she... It's important that she's there just in case. Like he – there's actually – when it moves forward, they're about to go to a funeral and he is like, I just really want to drink. And it's clear that if she were not there, he would have had something to drink. That is at chapter one. Yes. You were right. A family friend has died, someone he was actually close with, and he's freaking out and she's trying to calm him down. And eventually in a rare display of emotion, he like gets on his knees and hugs her and starts crying. And she's, like, got her hands up and she's, like, I'm not supposed to touch you. What's going on? But, okay, we're touching. 
But just for a second, her little heart opens up and she's like, <laughs> oh, Jimmy. And so then he, you know, recovers, puts back on his yeah. face. Closes up the walls. Closes up the walls. They go through the funeral, but he still is kind of like leaning on her a little bit they're more hold, emotionally. Holding hands. Holding hands. But after that point, she realizes that she has sort of developed feelings for him. And she's like, fuck, this is my employer. It's also Jimmy. He's a mess. All these things are going wrong. And eventually she decides that she needs to quit. This p- plot actually kind of reminds me a little bit of Two Weeks Notice, which is the movie with Sandra Bullock. It's a great movie. Great movie. Yeah, because the whole movie is about like her giving her notice. And then there's that two weeks. So here, the book kind of starts where she's like, I can't work for you anymore. And he's like, why? And she's like, because I need to move on. Why? Because I need to do this. And she like, he peppers her with questions over and over and over again until she's like, fuck, I can't work for you because I have feelings for you. And there's crickets. And he's like, what? And then. I was just going to oh. say, this is all from her point of view. So you yes. don't see what's going on in his head. That's true. Is that one of your problems with it? We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. Okay. No, not in general, no. It's just the way it was done. Okay. So then he, at least, right, we don't get his perspective. It's a single perspective point of view from her. And so what we perceive is him just being like, you are so good at your job. I know that I never tell you, but like, you're actually really good at your job and I can't lose you. And I don't want to start over with another sober companion because I already went through so many before getting you that I'm going to help you get over your crush on me. Yes. And just to put that in part of the reason for this she's living with him yeah. and they hang out and watch tv every night she's trying to get him to interview this like other man and he's like i don't want to you're already in my house i'm used to you i'm not going to do this over again and we don't really get the sense that he has any feelings for her at this point he just it's inconvenient to him exactly so he kind of bases his plan of attack on a cosmo article that's like five ways to get over a dude and i forget all of the things on his list but like chief among them is to get her to date someone else and so most of the book then proceeds with him trying to help her get over him by doing all these things some of them are like spend some pampered time with your girlfriends and things like that but what ends up happening is they end up spending more time together and like having more honest conversations and the lines somehow get blurred where like she's still feeling what she's feeling But it's clear, at least from the reader's perspective, that he's starting to feel things too. Chiefly because he sets her up on these blind dates and then kind of proceeds to sabotage them and show some really possessive alpha jealousy Mm -hmm. stuff. Like the first one when he just accompanies her on the date until her date leaves and then he just has dinner with her. Yes. And she's like, what the fuck? Okay, so tell me. Tell me what you like. Okay, here's my – okay, I – why do you always do this to me? Well, I'll tell you what I liked. Okay, I, I thought the plot was kind of unique. But what I really liked is there actually wasn't a lot of action in this plot. It was so much talking between them. And for me, it felt really authentic. Like their conversations just felt really authentic getting to know each other. And I I just – there's not that many books where I feel like I read and I feel like the author has actually put in a conversation where I just want to listen to them talk. Happy Ever Playlist is one of the books where I, I feel the same way. Like with the texting, that just felt like amusing to me to listen and feel them like grow closer. And so, so much of the book is just Lena and Jimmy talking and not so much of a action going on in plot. Yeah. And I liked that. It felt It felt real to me. Yeah. The thing I didn't like about it, I know you just asked me what I liked about it. <laughs> I did think the plot was interesting. I liked that it wasn't 
they weren't like going on tour it was like sort of seeing this rock star in his downtime and like they started recording an album so it was, you saw that but it wasn't in your face and i also liked that it was very clear even though it wasn't from his perspective that he wasn't really into anybody else i thought she did a good job with that my main issue with that is that it read almost like fanfic to me where a lot of the things he was saying and doing i was like okay this is not it just didn't seem believable to me that it was sort of like what you'd wish a guy would do in this situation which is a lot of this genre I guess. But to me, it just didn't feel believable enough that he would actually be doing that. And I should have pinpointed some of the specific scenes where that happens. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. I think for me, like, are you talking about like the scenes of jealousy and things like that? Just some of the things where I didn't feel like he was his own person in some scenes. It just seemed like he was an avenue for us to feel satisfied and that she's getting what she wants Hmm. or he's responding how you'd want him to rather than that he's an actual person. Interesting. Do you think it would have helped if we had his perspective? For sure, yeah. Uh-huh. In general, do you feel that way about single point of view? Like, I usually like it. I think it could be really well done. It just didn't work for me in this book for some reason. I really like dual point of view, but I also really like single point of view because just from like the perspective of being me, I'm only in my head. Yeah. And so I'm always trying to like read another person or especially another guy's mind and never know what the fuck is going on. And so I do think you're right now that I think about it where like a lot of the scenes and his actions kind of play into like whatever she wants. But I also think that's part of the fantasy of the romance genre. And I don't know. Yeah, maybe if we had his point of view, maybe – it would feel more real just because you know it like really came from him and not as just a reflection of oh she got exactly what she wanted and what happened so but I still yeah I really like this book I just thought it was kind of different and interesting the other book that I kind of read that was like this was called Midnight Blue by LJ Shen which is also like a sober companion book did not really vibe with this book It was just a little crazy. Um, I didn't really feel the connection between the main characters. But again, she's hired to be his sober companion, but he is kind of nuts. And then there's this murder plot or like suspense murder thing like thrown in, but like very weirdly last minute. Turns out there's a connection between the characters. I It's too much for you. It's too much. That's fine. But I thought it was interesting that I found another book about a sober companion. There is definitely... Oh, and the next one we're going to no, talk no, about. No, the next too, one yeah. is the same. Yeah, we're going to talk about The Words by Ashley James, which is a, a new book from 2022. And that was also the story of a suburb companion. And it's just, this goes back to your question of, do you think these authors do research into this? Like, are there that many musicians that have sobriety issues? Also, is a sober companion a real thing? I don't know. Is this a thing that romance authors have created to force proximity? Or <laughs> I mean, rich people can do it. I'm sure. I know, but exists. do they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But it's literally in three books that we read. It's also interesting because in these books, it's sort of partly management who's like, you need to get your shit together. And then in Vespertine, it was management who was giving them the drugs because they wanted oh, them really? to. Yeah. Well, that reminds me of Elizabeth O'Rourke's Devil in the Deep Blue Sea. Yeah. We will talk about this book when we do our whole spotlight on Elizabeth O'Rourke. She's honestly my favorite author right now. But the female main character in that book is a pop star and her manager feeds her lines of coke. So yeah. That's yeah. So yes, that's a <laughs> Maybe thing sometimes. Ways. Let's talk about the words. Okay. Yeah. I re- really, really like this book. I love angsty romance. I just freaking love it. And this was so angsty. And yeah, it's about Phoenix Walker, who's this brooding bad boy musician. Yes. And Lennon. I don't remember her last name. I don't remember her last name. By Ashley James. So can, can I give the yeah, yeah, go ahead. review? So this is a second chance romance. 
They meet in high school when Lennon is a big nerd and she's not very popular. Actually, she's the opposite of popular. She's picked on by She's bullied. Everybody. Like yeah. explicitly on page. Yeah, bullied. not by Phoenix, but by pretty much everybody else. Although he is not necessarily nice to her. He's no, kind of but indifferent. He but yeah, he doesn't go out of his way to be mean right. to her. But they get paired up senior year of high school because he is failing his English class and she is one of their top students. So she agrees to tutor him and then she finds out that he can't really read because he's dyslexic and it's undiagnosed. So literally she, he's gotten to be a senior yes, in high school. Because he's either cheated or he's gotten girlfriends to write papers for him and he's just always sort of gotten away with it. But he can't now. So she works with his teacher and she basically makes it so that he's able to graduate her father is a musician. She writes music and she sings a little bit, but she mostly writes. And he is, is in a band that's still trying to get gigs and make it. So they end up getting together. He's like the cool, like dark, you know, dark, cool kid. Nobody really knows what to do with him. But he's, he's the bad boy. He's the bad boy. And he doesn't really care what people think. So he hangs out with her and spends time with her. Yeah. And also she has a crush on him. Yes. And has had for a while. And he knows it. Yeah. Which is like as a teenager, like – you never oh. want to know. Yeah. And he, he doesn't kiss people. He's very – it's issues with his father, right? I don't He's got remember. some family issues from growing up. So he never spends time with his, his parents' house, his dad's house. I think his dad's abusive. Trigger yeah, warning for that. Yeah, I think that's right. Book. Yeah. So he spends a lot of time at his best friend's place, which is where their band practices and where he spends time with her. Anyway, so he never kisses people. He just sleeps with people. But after he passes his test because of her help – he kisses her and she's like all swoony and he's like, why the fuck did I do that? I don't kiss people. Anyway, so they end up sleeping together. It's her first time. It's like really kind of embarrassing. And then she writes a song that she performs for him and he loves it. And his band is going to go perform. And he realizes that he – this is not a spoiler, right? This happens pretty no, early on. No, this is early okay. in the book. He realizes there's going to be like a record executive in the audience at this performance. So he realizes that they can't just play covers. They have to play an original song so that they can make a break. So he breaks up with her. He pretends to be sleeping with somebody else in the restroom, gets her to leave the venue, and then he performs her song. And she's heartbroken. She goes off to college. And then a few months later, hears this song on the radio and it's her song yeah and he's singing it and it's attributed to him and not to her yeah and she had kept her music very private yes like no one saw it so it's like a piece of her soul giving away and also their relationship if you want to call it that was like very very new mm-hmm. i should say that you know she was bullied in school she's overweight she's doesn't have a lot of self-confidence at all and initially phoenix was like I know you have a crush on me. I do not feel that way about you. Yeah. Like he's kind not of Not in blunt. a mean way. He's just blunt No, he's about just it. like, I'm not, I don't feel that way about you and I won't. And so obviously that changes. And so, you know, her little teenage heart, we can all probably commiserate, blooms a little bit and opens up and she's like, oh my God, this guy actually likes me back. We spent a little time together. We've been physical together. And then, oh, he's hooking up with her bully, like yeah. one of the girls who bullied her yeah. and steals my song, which is like stealing a part of my soul. And so- yeah, it really sends her into a spiral. She stops writing music. Mm-hmm. She drops out of college pretty soon thereafter. But that's not related. No, but she's because her dad is sick. But she, her life just sort of spirals downhill yeah. after that. Yeah. Meanwhile, he gets famous from that song and the band takes off and he becomes a rock star. But he has a problem. A few years in, he's got a drug problem. And I think the guy that he was in the band with originally, it was just two of them, 
also knew Lennon. And at some point, I think they've hired a bunch of sober companions for Phoenix and none of them have worked out because they all sleep with him. And so his friend in the band is like, the only person that wouldn't sleep with him and wouldn't give him the time of day is Lennon because he knows that they had a terrible breakup and she hates him. And so they call her and she's like working. She's dropped out of college because her dad is sick. He has dementia. She's working as a hostess in some gentleman's club, I think. I think she's a bartender in a strip club. Okay, yeah. All right, so yeah. And they call her and they're like, we're going to give you so much money if you just come be his sober companion. And so they end up being reunited after like four years. We get his perspective too. Yeah. And he is – it's very clear that he really still has feelings for her. And over the course of the book, you learn more and more about how much he knows he fucked up when he gave away her song. I mean, I think what I struggled with with this book is like – With these second chance romances, like something always goes wrong to split them up. And then there's usually some kind of grovel or there's a coming back together. And it was really hard for me to forgive him. Like as much as I really like this book because it's very angsty and they're very much like they're enemies when they get back together. And then they, you know, become physical, but there's a lot of like hate sex. But he does something really wrong. Pretending to cheat on her, stealing her song. Yeah, that was the thing. I didn't really forgive him until she did. Yeah, and that's a long book. It's like 500 pages or something. And I felt like it actually needed all of that time for me to get behind him. Because he doesn't apologize. That's the big thing. Like she comes back into his life and he sort of just treats her like whatever. And he doesn't, until the very end, doesn't really say, I'm sorry and what I did was wrong. He just sort of wants to move on. And he doesn't really acknowledge that it was her song either, which to me just really pissed Until me the, the end. Off. Yeah. He eventually does. So they, yeah, we won't spoil the ending for it. But I thought it was really, the reason that she hated him was really believable. Yeah. I also really liked the portrayal of body image in this book. She is, again, overweight as a kid. And then four years later, she still is not super skinny. She's not a supermodel. She's got like a little bit of a belly. She's lost some weight. but Yeah. She's she- got thick thighs. She's got like stretch marks. And she... Trigger warning for body issues and eating disorders. But she, you know, deals with that stuff. She writes, like, on her skin with a Sharpie, the things she doesn't like about herself. I mean, she gets – she has a lot of feelings about the way she looks and about her appeal to other people. And he worships her body the way it is. And And so do a lot of other people. And Yeah, a lot of other people do. A lot of of discussion about her fine ass. Yeah. Um, I I actually thought – That felt really authentic to me because I've dealt with body image issues my whole life. And I know that there is definitely, you know, a thing to say like, hey, how come every time you include someone who's not a model in a romance novel, body image has to come up? And I kind of understand that argument. But as someone who has dealt with body image issues, it would be inauthentic for me to have it not come up in a story about myself. So – To me, I really – I think that's probably 50% of the reason why I really, really like this book more than other books because they talked about it. And I I actually got teared up at some of those scenes about her body image issues because it resonated so much with me. So – and it's also really steamy. I think there's handcuffs involved. Yeah. There's lots of things involved. Anyway, it's it's good. It's It's new. Do you have anything else to say about Rockstars? Oh, I want to give some honorable mentions. Blame It on the Tequila by Fiona Cole is really good we haven't read it in a while which is why we didn't talk about it but it's about a step siblings yeah it's definitely more of a step sibling romance which... I, yeah the name i i almost didn't read it because the name sounded really silly to me 
It's one of my favorite books from last year, though. Yeah, I have to stop reading into titles and descriptions of books, And book covers. Oh, God. (laughs) But it's really good. It's about the stepbrother is a musician and the stepsister, and they're, like, in love with each other, but they're step-siblings, and it's taboo, and... It's actually very well done. We'll do really a whole step sibling episode because honestly, that that was one That's of my top true. reads from all of last year across all tropes. I thought it was really, really good. It's very good. The other one I wanted to mention is the Fallen Angel series by Brooke Blaine and Ella Frank. It's a trilogy. The first book is called Halo. Second book is called Viper. I have not read the third, but this is a male male rock star romance. Viper is a, I think he's a bassist and lyricist for this big band called tbd and their lead singer leaves and they audition this guy named halo and he comes in and he's like very angelic looking he's straight viper is very gay and basically halo comes in and viper's like i don't want to hire this guy because i want to fuck him and i (laughs) this is distracting and it's gonna be clear on stage that i just want to stick my dick in him And, and viper talks that way and the lead singer, who's also named Killian, which is funny because that's his popular rock star name. He basically is like, he's straight, get over it, it's fine. So the first book, which is called Halo, is about Halo basically realizing that he is interested in Viper and that he's never been with a guy before. He's never even thought about it, but they just have amazing chemistry and they end up getting together and it's really steamy and really good. And then the second book called Viper is about Viper coming to terms with the fact that he actually wants to be more than like fuck buddies with this guy. So the first book, they're in New York. They're just starting to come together, starting to realize that Halo could be a real member of their band. And then the second book, they're recording an album in Miami and Viper's living in the pool house and they're trying to like figure out how to keep their romance from like the other guys in the band at first and then from the greater community and Viper's also dealing with do I actually want to be in a relationship? Because that's not something he does. He does have a barbell piercing in his penis. So there's that. He doesn't have any tattoos, but he's like the broody, super intense guy. And at first, Kayla comes in and like, he has like an amazing voice. And he's like so musically talented. He can play every instrument. And all the guys in the band are gushing about it. And then it gets to Viper and he's like, not bad. (laughs) He like (laughs) refuses to give him a compliment. It's a bit of an age gap too. Viper's like 33 three and halo's 23 oh also when they come in viper's like why is his name halo and killian's like okay viper like (laughs) (laughs) that was gonna be my question are those their real names yeah no it's not viper's real name i think viper's real name is david but he goes by viper because he's like a viper because he's like he's vipey i don't know (laughs) he's like because he's so he's so hardcore that reminds me of this other side note theme of the episode uh this other series i think it's by lj shen and the book is called vicious it's like a high school series and they call him vicious but oh that's i don't think that's his real name but then they call him vic for short because oh, he's like a broody teenager yeah well i appre- <laughs> i appreciated that oh and he calls him his angel in all the books it's like really Aww. so it's especially the second book is a little more porn than plot but i really liked it it was really good and i really like it's really cute in the second book they go out and he like never goes on a date he sleeps with people once and then he's done but he's never done with halo but they he takes him out to dinner and he's just like yeah me and my friend going to dinner totally normal would do it with any of the guys gotta go to this restaurant to see my friends it's fine and then he holds the door open for halo and both of them look at each other and they're like what the fuck did you do <laughs> like, oh my god it means it's a date it's really cute it's really good <laughs> And everyone still thinks that Halo is straight, so it's, like, really awkward. Oh, there's a great scene in the first book where they go – I think they record their first song or their song gets really popular or something, and they all go out to a club to celebrate. And Halo is sitting on a couch, and there's three 
women of like all different like ethnicities just like sitting on him and trying to like stroke him and touch him and kiss him and then viper comes in and he brings some guy in by his tie and halo keeps referring to him as tie guy and he's like (laughs) kissing viper but viper and halo are looking at each other and halo's like why am i looking at this guy and halo ends up leaving because he like can't handle it and viper leaves too oh okay i'll tell you one more thing like this book is, <laughs> this is, this book is clearly be, not like an add-on by the way also read this this is be. a full description and discussion it's Go just the on. first book especially was really good the second book was more just steam but the first book was just really a lot of like because it was a very slow build and also viper wants to be really considerate of halo because he knows it's his first time with a man so he never wants to push him too hard he's like really respectful of his boundaries which i really liked shit what was i gonna say so they go home that night and Halo pulls up a video of Viper performing and he jerks off to it and Viper goes home and he doesn't, but he writes a song called Hard and it's all about blue balls. And then he takes it to the <laughs> studio the next day and he makes Halo sing it and Halo's like face is bright red and he's like, I can't, I can't sing this. And he's like, no, and he knows it's about him, but none of the other guys in the band know. And so he just has to sing. He's like this angelic dude, and he's got to sing about blue balls. Oh, my God. It's... We didn't really talk about any of the, like, really good steamy scenes in the books no, we read this for, week. That's for everybody to – those are the nuggets people yeah, to find out. But, find out oh, my God. Them. I also just read so much this week. I mean, obviously, Lilac had a ton. Sorry. We just – yeah, we didn't talk enough about yeah. the steam, but – But it's there. It's All these there. books are steamy. All their books are steamy, yeah. So, overall, I like the rock star vibe. <laughs> I like that it takes you out of the normal life. It's like much more fantasy to me. And it's got a lot of interesting themes that you don't see in regular people's romances, like the public aspect and the music, this art. Oh, yeah, that's sad. I think we, we read a lot, you know, didn't connect with us and and some that did. And, you know, but I'm, I'm also ready for a rock star romance break. Well, we are always ready for a yeah, break. Yeah, I know. Except for Tessa Bailey, who you wanted to just keep yeah, reading. Yeah, I could just keep reading. Okay, well, thanks so much for listening. You can find us at loveandpodcast.com. That's spelled out A-N-D instead of ampersand. We're also on Instagram and at love and underscore podcast. Mm-hmm. We're going to be posting about future episodes, but feel free to drop us a line if there's something you want to hear. If you have your own romance. Oh my gosh, tell us about your romance. Yeah, tell us your rock star romance story. We want to know. Yeah, I want Also, know. piercings. I want to know. <laughs> Does anyone have a Jacob's Ladder? Are there any men listening to this at all? <laughs> if there are, I want to know basically how you survived it. <laughs> we don't want any dick pics. Let's no, just throw that No, please out there. do not send us dick pics. <laughs> I've um, never gotten a dick pic. Also, pick. if you're in a thruple, I want to talk to you. Okay. <laughs> just a- message Kristen if you <laughs> have any interest Kristen in Kristen at loveandpodcast.com. Yeah, just tell her about your kinks. It's fine. Uh, right. Yeah, I think that's it. Thanks, lovers. We'll see you next time. Go love yourselves. Thank you.